Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. I'm your host, Rui dos Santos, and we've got a great episode for you all. Unfortunately, tonight, Jason will not be with me. He is super, super busy. He's got a lot of important things going on because tomorrow is his wedding day. Uh, so obviously there's a lot of last minute things and things to get done before the big day. So Jason, congratulations, um, on your, on your marriage. So by the time that everyone, or for the most part, most of you that are listening to this episode, Jason will be a man, um, a married man. So Jason, congratulations. And he'll be off on a honeymoon after or so. So I think we're going to do a little bit of a honeymoon as well on the podcast because I'm going to Italy for work. And who knows, maybe uh, we'll fit in a quick episode or not. And since it's international break, not so much going on, but I don't know. We'll see. But Jason, once again, congratulations, brother. And we obviously wish you the best. So enjoy the best time of your life tomorrow and have an amazing, amazing trip. Uh, and hopefully it's more amazing than our season so far because I can't even wrap my head around how abysmal it's been. Uh, Porto are heading into the uh, to a much needed international break tied at the top of the table with Boa Vista and Sporting after their draw to Roca one to one in the Dragão. It was it took forever to finish. That's for that's for sure. You know, it's it's more of the same as we've seen from the beginning. And I've kind of I, I mentioned this on uh, the previous episode, and I think we we talked about this on episodes back going into the season. It's going to be slow. I kind of predicted this to to happen. It's it's pretty common among the big bigger clubs to really start off slow, especially with a lot of new players coming in, and then your leaders are leaving. You know, there's no Uribe, there's no Otavio, and Teremi was just for the last month not knowing where he was going, and it seems to just carried on into the season. So he might need a break to just get his mind back on. Uh, right, so it's like three players that were really missing, and Pep being injured, not available as well. Sergio Conceição is not on the sideline. There's a lot of things just not not happening. Uh, all of our leaderships, our 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 talisman, our our people that we rely on to hunker us down and, and carry us through tough games, uh, whether it's the smaller teams, bigger teams, they weren't really there for us. So hopefully, at the end of this international break. All this stuff that's been going through the players' heads, the ones that thought they were leaving or the ones that just arrived, hopefully it's cleared out. There's a lot of time uh, for that to 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 subside, and hopefully there, this is enough time for Sergio to work with these players individually now and figure out who's going to be best uh, for the starting 11. There's a lot of time here now. This is this for the players that are staying and not going on international break. This is the time for them to get their workouts in to their reps in and to, to give their absolute maximum because there's so much competition on this team that they all have to give their absolute best. And Sergio and Vitor Bruno have a lot of work to do as well to figure out, okay, we have all these players here. We have to figure out who is the best for these games uh, and who's going to make the starting 11. So I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I'm going to be worried if this starts to continue into late October, November, and even late into the uh, the Champions League group stages. That's when things that's when things will go wrong. But I think eventually we're going to figure this problem out. It's going to take some time. Again, it's new players. 
new system. So things have to be have to be figured out. I'm happy that we're at the top of the table going into the international break. You know, three wins, one draw. It hasn't been pretty, but these are the points that we need. Uh, we'll take them as we get them. And that's what's most important right now. Until we figure things out, we have to muscle out these games and they're going to be expected. Even if we're in our A game or not, these smaller teams, Oroca, Mureirense, Ferenc, all these all these smaller teams always give it problem to the bigger sides. You know, Oroca in this game, you have to give them a lot of credit. They were just so organized and they made everything very difficult for us. They were a stubborn wall back there. And Everything that went right for them did go right. Their game plan was executed perfectly. I think they're, I mean, I think they're happy that it was, uh, that it was a draw, but I think they're disappointed that they could have walked out with three points and they, they very much could have. Um, so, you know, they, they played the way that they wanted to, and they really deserve to get the result that they got, whether if it was this draw or the three points, you have to tip your hats off to them. And, and Porto really struggled for the longest time. Um, but I think some positive, some positive things that I take in this game are the substitutions that were made, the players that came on. You know, Sergio deployed, well, uh, Vitor Bruno deployed, but I'm sure it was Sergio that dished out to starting eleven. Deployed the same old, same old. Um, but I think this has to change now because it seems like late on in the games when the substitutions come on, Gonzalo Borges, uh, Varela, Eva Nielsen, um, I, uh, Ivan Jaiman, even Fran Navarro to a certain extent, the game was just much better. And I just really wonder what would happen if those five were on the pitch earlier in the game or at least three or four of them starting and then have two of them come off the bench late on if needed I really wonder how the how we would play with these players starting from the get-go because our team is really struggling in the attack Teremi is really stale I don't know what's going on with him uh we know him and what he's capable of when He's in the mood, and when he's on his day, he's sensational. Galinu, too, has just not really found his his stride. And Eustachio has been absolutely abysmal in the in the midfield in this game and in the last. I really do expect that Varela is going to be is going to make his way into the starting lineup for the next game because I really liked what I saw. And and Eustachio came off right at halftime, and Varela had a much better performance, a much more positive um, uh, performance in the second half. And you saw that he was really smart and made some pretty good decisions. I think in the first few minutes or so, he was pretty nervous. Um, He lost the ball one time, but he was able to recover it. But after that, he really settled into the game and he got his job done and he was making the passes. He was winning the duels. He was doing a great job. So there was a definite change in the midfield. And I think him and Nico are going to do wonders in the midfield as a as a double pivot. So I'm really excited to see those two play. And I hope they do play uh, and start in the next game. Um, as I mentioned, Galeno, once again, I, I like him. I like him because he is a hard worker. He's able to track back, and he does some work defensively. And him on his day, he can get past defenders, he can create, he can whip crosses, and he can score a goal. Um, I think just right now, it's more of a mental problem. I've said it 
already in the last couple of episodes. His decision-making hasn't really been the best, and that's not going to trump his ability when he is at his best. So I think maybe some time on the bench or, I don't know, uh, given a different role or whatnot, something has to change with him to kind of get him back on track. Uh, Ivan Jaime, I really loved what I saw. And once again, Gonzalo Borges. At this point, it's three straight games where he's making an impact. And I think he's only played about 60 minutes this season and he already has two assists. Um, I think four or five big chances create or key passes made and a few big chances created. In such a short amount of time, this guy is dominating in the time that he is given. Um, so I, I, I hope to see him start eventually because every single time he really sets the tone. He is the perfect spark for Porto when he's coming off the bench. You know, I think he's really deserved a shot to play in the in the starting eleven because we've gone with basically the starting eleven and it has the same starting eleven for the entire season and it really hasn't it really hasn't triggered. So something has to change and possibly Gonzalo Borges, you know, adding Varela to the mix and maybe Ivan Jaime or Ivan Jaime comes in off the bench, whatever it may be, something needs to change. But those players that made the impact late on in the game, at least three of them need to start. So if I had to choose between three, it would have to be Varela, uh, Gonzalo Borges, and then one that I didn't um, that I didn't mention was Eva Nielsen. Eva Nielsen really played a great game. I was really surprised to see him uh, being added on on as a substitution. So I would definitely have Eva Nielsen in for Teremi's spot because the moment that he stepped onto the pitch, he was creating, he was getting some shots, he was trying to make something happen, and evidently he scored the goal well positioned and well. Well put away. The shot was excellent. The buildup was great. Gonzalo Borges had a great pass, and it was a great finish from Eva Nielsen. So I was really happy to see that. I was, I was almost upset when I first saw Eva Nielsen because I was hoping to see Danny Namaso in or Fran Navarro in first, because Eva Nielsen all last season was hurt and he was low on confidence, but. This was the right move at the time. Even Nielsen really showed what he was made of, and I really liked what I saw, and hopefully it continues. And I think, I want to say that he does deserve another shot because we all know what he was, what he's capable of at his best because two years ago, he was sensational. And then unfortunately last year, he was just he just couldn't stop being injured and could never find his way. So hopefully this is the season to recover from his slump. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think these are the changes that need to be made. And on top of it, we're going to have time to get all these players working together and get familiar with one another. And hopefully we see a little bit of a change in in the system, play a little bit more positive uh, football. Uh, I know we line up in a 4-4-2, but it really doesn't really pan out that way it turns into a a 4-2-3-1 at times it really changes as the game goes and sometimes it's a 4-3-3 as well so um, I'm not too really worried about the 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 system per se but I think with the players the quality players that we have something the approach has to be different Um, and I think it's because we have so much more quality players than we did last year much more creative players and much more composed midfield 
in Nico Gonzalez and Alan Varela. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm just waiting for the moment that things actually trigger and go in the right direction for us. And I think it will. So let's give it some time. Much needed international break. So I definitely want to, I want to touch up on a couple of players here in the game. I want to shine some light on Wendell. I thought Wendell was great in this game. Not Well, I don't want to say great like, oh, he was like man of the match or anything like that. But for the problems that we're having in left back, I thought he did his job. I thought he if Taremi didn't miss an easy sitter, one that he would always miss when he's on his day, that's an assist for him. And he was getting forward. He was making the simple passes. The very few times that we were able to create and get inside the box and whatnot, he was there on a couple of occasions. And I think he linked well with Galin at times. And just his presence and being able to make the simple passes, and that is more aware He's more aware on the attack than Zaidu, and he's much more capable of and and just much better at just passing and dribbling and whatnot and creating. It just makes the job easier for Galeno, and we started to see a little bit more attack and more more um, possession on the left side of the field and not so much on the other side of the field like we've been seeing in the first few games. So I thought Wendell was really good. I thought I'd shine some light on him because that's a position that we've been really worried about. And I think in this game per se, the left back position wasn't really a nightmare. And even defensively, he won 11 out of 15 duels. Now, and he made three or four tackles. So it's, those are pretty good numbers. His sofa score was 7.7. It was the best out of everyone on our side. I know that doesn't say much or doesn't say doesn't tell the whole story because sometimes these player ratings, match ratings, 7.7 can be a little bit misleading. But for a left back and for a player like Wendell, who we see the player ratings to be like in the sixes, this is a good performance for him. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nice to him on this one. He definitely deserves a little bit of praise, and that was definitely the effort that we needed at left back. It's just unfortunate that we weren't able to capitalize and have everyone else play as well. Uh, lastly, I'm gonna to touch up on Teremi before I go into the Twitter questions. Teremi needs to stop with this, and I don't know what the issue is. The diving, uh, the missed opportunities. Jason had had mentioned on a previous episode, the last one that he was on saying that he was checked out, he needs to go, He's he wants a new challenge and whatnot. And then there's reports saying that it was the opposite. Then there were other reports that saying it was true after the whole deal with, with AC Milan uh, went south. So something's going on, and hopefully this international break just kind of clears his head a bit. I do think he, he he needs some time on the bench to just get away a little bit and just give other players the opportunity uh give other players the opportunity to play and also he has to work his way back because not only is he missing opportunities and not making the right decisions on the pitch he's throwing himself he's being desperate he's trying to he's trying to force something that isn't there and that's just not him he's just so much better than that so i think some time on the bench is going to do him is going to do him well because Taremi has no choice to play well this season, especially if he is going to leave or if he wants to restructure his contract. 
If he wants to, to get a big contract towards the end of the season when he leaves on a free, he needs to play well so he can attract attention from some big clubs or a good club, and that would offer a good and better salary than what he's making. So eventually things have to turn around for him for his own sake as well. So so that pretty much touches up on the game. Uh, so, yeah, let's move on to the Twitter questions. I know there was some drama about the whole 24 minutes of extra time. Our first question is regarding that, and that question comes from our friend ACM87 at FCP87. Can you guys please shine some light on the whole problem with the end of the last match? I know it was a lot of extra time, but with VAR down and the time wasted at the beginning, it makes sense to me. Also, amazing work, you two. Keep it up. Thank you so much, ACM87. We appreciate it. Um, Great question. Right. Uh, so I came across a video from RTP from a journalist uh, by the name of Antonio Tadeja. He was on a show and he kind of brought the facts as to why there was so much extra time. And I'm just going to go over it. So I'm kind of going to paraphrase and reiterate everything that he said. So in the second half, there were five stoppages uh, for substitutions and by law, uh, it compensates 45 seconds for each stoppage of substitution. So even if there's three substitutions coming in at one stoppage, it's still just 45 seconds for all three of those combined. So it's just 45 seconds. So 45 stoppages for substitution. So we're at three minutes and 45 seconds added on just from that. Then Oroca scores a goal. Uh, celebration reset of the game. It was about one minute. So we're at 445. Minute 86 was a penalty for Porto that was overturned. There was two minutes and 12 seconds that were added. So we're at about seven minutes total, six minutes and 57 seconds to be exact. Then minute 89, just a couple of seconds later, there was the infamous telephone penalty. Um, and that took about six minutes. So six minutes were added. So after, so from minute 89 to minute 95, those six minutes were were used to be on the phone discussing and making the decision for the penalty. So after the 95th minute, we're at 13 minutes of total added time. So the 13 minutes have to be added on after the 95th minute. So give or take, there was plus, so it would be plus 18 minutes of extra time. With room to error or whatever, room for error, uh, there was 17 minutes in the official game. So why did the game go on until the 23rd, uh, the 23rd minute or 24th minute? So Porto got a penalty, and that added three minutes of extra time after the VAR uh, review. Um, and so we're at, we're after the VAR review, it was three minutes of extra time added. So we're on pace to finishing with 20 minutes of extra time. Even Nielsen scored in the minute 19th, but... After Porto's goal, celebration, and VAR check, another four minutes were added of extra time, and that's why we were at around 24 minutes, 25 minutes at the final whistle. So, so obviously, these are the new rules. Uh, IFAB or whatever uh, implemented that they're going to... Um, 
implement the the same rules that were implemented during the World Cup in in uh, Qatar where they in, in the World Cup we had games that were going on 10 11 15 minutes of extra time at times so they're implementing the same room so it prevents this anti jogu that we all complain about from the smaller teams so they're not constantly playing um wasting time and we're we're able to play some sort of football or make up some time back from all that wasted time so these are the rules and that's why we've been seeing games finishing in 15 minutes 10 minutes, 17 minutes at times. I think it was Port, um, Benfica and Boavista in the first game of the season. I think it finished at 17 minutes, and I think it went on after or or something like that. Uh, it, it's crazy, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to happen. We're going to see games like this. I know this is probably the longest one of the season, but these are the rules, and these were the wild circumstances that came along with it. Like the, the, the VAR system was down. And over a check that should have been done in in 20 seconds because it wasn't a penalty. It should have never been called and it should have never been assigned. There was no room for debate. It's just these dumb things that happen in our league that just make it even worse. So that's why it happened the way that it did. Um, So we're going to be seeing a lot more of this and hopefully the league makes sure sure that all the monitors and whatnot are plugged in and working at all times because these games the the only thing that was missing in this game was was the penalty shootout because we played just as many minutes as we would in an extra time game so um the league definitely needs to help itself a little bit more because these rules are not going to help making the game shorter they're only going to extend them longer but the league itself the referees need to do better in terms of not making it longer than it was in this game. So that's the explanation there. Great question. Next question comes from John FCP at John FCP. We lost Uribe and Otavio and Serge and Sergio's change to a 4-2-3-1 formation that definitely isn't working. Could it be that with Alan Varela and Nico, we are unable to return to a 4-4-2 or even 4-3-3? Um, I think we still line up in a four four two, but I, you know, we 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 do say that it's like we, some of us do complain that it's a four four two, but throughout the entire game, it really just changes. I think I touched up on it just moments ago, where we do line up that way, but at times, uh, Deremi, for example, he can make this team go into a four three three because he's able to go out wide more. Uh, or sometimes it can be a 4-2-3-1 because Teremi likes to drop deeper into play and be part of the buildup and whatnot. So um, I don't think it's really much the formation that's the problem. I think it's more of our approach and also the quality of players or the players that are being selected in these games. I think the best players haven't been selected, and I think it's a problem. So on top of it all, not only do we need to have a better starting eleven. We also need to find a better style of play that fits the better players so they can all work together as a unit and be comfortable because we need to get back to controlling these games. Uh, We are a rock-solid, organized team that works hard and we can be very good defensively, but we need to, in, in moments like these, we need to grasp the game and be able to control it and create opportunities when we need to. And in this game, we needed that. And fortunately, we got it, but it was in the 
what is it, the 19th minute of stoppage time. You know, that's that's unheard of. So we were very fortunate to finally capitalize. So I think it's more of just finding that right starting 11 and just going with a different approach because the formation always changes. Good question, John. Matt's at Matt's attack nine. How long is Sergio's touchline banned for? What's the pecking order for the strikers at the club from your point of view? Uh, yeah, so I think Sergio's back now from his suspension. So the after the Super Tassa, he received a one-match ban, which he which he had to. When was it? Yeah, it was against Mureirens in the first game of the season and then following 23 days. So by the time international break is over, it's already over now, but by the time international break's over in our next match against Estrela da Amadora, he will be there. He will be ready. He's going to be training with the team and he's got to figure out a lot of things. And then for strikers, the pecking order, I mean, not really sure how to answer that, but... If I'm answering this correctly, I would want to say that I think our go-tos, if we're going to play with two strikers up top, I think right now have to be Ivan Nielsen and then maybe Fran Navarro or Danny Namaso, or even in that striker position, we could probably use Ivan Jaime if Galinu starts because Ivan Jaime can just drop a little bit deeper and even just create because he has played that that second striker position in the past as well. So that could be a good spot. That could be a good option. We have so many so many options. I don't want to see Teremi and Tony again in the starting lineup. I forgot to talk about Tony. Tony was really disappointing in this game, and it's kind of expected, right? Obviously, he scored a couple of goals this season already, but... It, it was only a matter of time where reality was going to come back to him because he had a couple of opportunities and he squandered them. And he's very limited in what he can do. He's perfect for a role position. So I don't want to see Tony in Teremi. I don't want to see either. So I want to see even Nielsen, Namasu, or, um, or Fran Navarro. So I hope I answered your question, Matt's. Next question comes from our friend Jack Hacken, Casapia Enjoyer at Companator. Would it have been would it have been better if Oroco won in the Drago instead of us getting this draw? If we were defeated, I believe we were we would have had a stronger rally around the flag effect to get the team back in shape, like we had after many bad defeats last season. Even so, we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. We move forward, but I, I I can't agree to that. I can never settle for a loss. I will always I will always go for the draw if we're losing. I will always go for the win if we're draw at the moment. Uh, we always have to keep going forward and we always have to even when our backs are up against the wall, uh, we have to find a way and we usually do. And I think this law, this draw felt more like a loss than anything because of everything that happened in this match. You know, how we scored, the minute that we finally scored, and how we played throughout the entire match, it's really disappointing. So I think this is a wake-up call already. I think Sergio's pretty pissed. I think a lot of the players, I think we have a pretty good idea what players should be starting and who shouldn't be starting. So we, we're going to have a lot of work well, not 
us, like me per se, but like the, the team is going to have a lot of work. The ones that are staying behind from international break. So Sergio's going to put them through hell week, I'm sure. So he's going to find some, he's going to find the right group. And I think changes are going to be made. And I think moments like these, when we think we are out, uh, when we are not playing at our best, doesn't have to be a loss. These draws that feel like losses put us down and it's time for us to wake up. And usually we see bounce back performances. So I think with some time and after dealing with the pain from this draw, we're going to see a, a few more adjustments. And I think we're going to come out swinging against Estrella Damador. I'm pretty happy that we're playing against them next. Hopefully it's a momentum game where we can put three or four goals away. Michael Teixeira at at Cyclus Moemka, I hope I'm saying, I'm definitely not saying that right, but, oh well. Am I the only one who doesn't think that the sky is falling? Lots of new transfers, no coach on the sideline, and an upcoming international break. Looking forward to seeing a squad with Ivan Jaim, Varela, and, and Nico all cooking. Michael, you might as well just take the microphone away from me. You know, get yourself a, a seat at this table. You know, you're, you're, you're taking, you basically summed up what I've been saying in, on, on this podcast, at least how I'm feeling. I don't know about how everyone else is feeling. It could definitely be different, and that's totally okay. But on how I feel, I'm the same exact way. I don't think the sky is falling. I think the new transfers, the no coach on the sideline, the upcoming international break uh, will definitely help. You know, all the new transfers need time. They all arrived late already. So they need a little bit more time to work, and let's see what happens after the international break. I think this is a blessing. I think this international break is exactly what our team needed. Migu Papatango at Migu Papatango. I think we can all agree that the penalty awarded on Teremi was not a penalty. And with the 20 minutes extra equalizer, it is crazy to rule out the Portuguese league still has problems with bought refs. I don't know if it's bought. I don't like to say that that the officiating is bought. I think it's just very incompetent. And then when you have these new rules implemented about the time wasting and then the added time, and you know we're going to start seeing games with 10 plus minutes of extra time on a weekly basis, it's just bound that the Portuguese officiating in the league is going to let this thing exacerbate the way that it did. It's going to go, yeah, you know, the average is 10 minutes or 12 minutes, but the Portuguese league are going to allow it to go even further because... It's the Portuguese League. This is what they do. So, hope I answered your question. Great to hear from you, Migu Papatango. It's been a while. Happy to hear uh, your questions again. Thanks for that. G, at Godspeed GSM. I don't understand Sergio being stubborn by putting Teremi in the starting lineup. He has not been playing well for a long time. It's not like we don't have options because we do and good ones. Wanted to know both of your opinions on the matter and what you would do if you were Sergio. If I were Sergio, and I think I can speak for Jason too, it's time for him to just find a seat on the bench. It's not permanent unless if he lets it be permanent because Teremi is a good player on his day. So I think some time on the bench. I think he needs to, to clear his mind. I think he needs to start from the bottom and work his way back to the top again. You know, for all the reasons that I said, he is on his contract here if he doesn't restructure with us. 
So he needs to do well if he wants to get a good offer from a good club. So let's see what happens. I definitely want to see. I definitely agree what you're saying. Definitely stubborn. Um, we, I, I don't want to see him right now for at least a few games in the starting lineup. Let's give someone else a chance because you're right. We have very good options. Jason Tatum's burner at Jason underscore burner. Why does Garmu get no playing time after the dread defending lately? Because uh, I I don't know what happened last year for him to lose the starting spot. I, he had one bad game. You know, he started off the season slow. Then he started playing well. And then he had one bad game. And then we never saw him again. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know what happened. None of us know what happened. So... On top of all that, I thought Ivan Marcano was pretty good in this game. And given the last two games prior to this one, he scored the game winners. And if we're gonna if we're going to continue to scrap away goals or, or scrap away games and not get the goals scored from our attackers and strikers and whatnot, and Marcano's on the pitch, there's always a chance. We saw it last year, and we, we, we've been seeing it this year. So until we start playing a more comfortable style of game, I don't think we're going to be seeing David Carmo. And I think eventually we will. But as of right now, uh, Ivan Marcano is the guy, and I think I'm going to stick with that just a little bit longer. I do want to see David Carmo play, though. Definitely do. J-Rod at J-Rod2589, if you guys had to dress down your players the way that the now viral video went in Lyon, what would you tell the players? Uh, no, it wasn't much a, a dress down. It was more of a reminder to play for the badge, play like you care, and they are tainting the badge that former players wore. So uh, J-Rod, George, is a, is a uh, Olympic Lyon fan. Uh, he is Portuguese, so you know I'm definitely going to answer this question. Um, even though we're not a Lyon podcast, but Lyon got spanked uh, four to one against PSG, and they are sitting at the bottom of League One right now. So if if this were to ever happen to Porto, you bet your ass I would want to see all the players stand outside or uh, wait on the field and listen to what the fans or the ultras or whatever are saying because they come out here every week to support you and they want to they want to see a show they want to see the club being re represented and maintain its culture and and Lyon haven't been doing it and Lyon has always been a top team in France they are a team with a lot of culture a lot of winning history so could you even imagine if that happened to a team like Porto. So I definitely, definitely agree, J-Rod. I would definitely agree that the, the, the fans should tell the players what they expect and they need to wake up. And that's what they're being paid for. So great question. Our last question comes from Fernando Rezende at Fernando Rezende. He's on Instagram. We haven't had an Instagram question in a long, long time. Uh, so he goes, this is not just a question, but also an opinion. What do you think is going wrong at the start of the season? Why has Porto not been able to show an increase in productivity and quality from game to game? 
I was hoping that the coach would be able to adjust the game system to the new squad, and I think that the fact that this is not happening is a huge issue. We are playing in the same way as last year, but without a key player, for that is Otavio. As long as we are not able to understand this, we will not improve and we will depend on individuals. The coach has insisted on making Pepe the new Otavio, but that's impossible. It won't happen. Pepe finds it difficult to fulfill that role and is now far from the position where he can really make a difference. He is just a lost player in the field. What are your thoughts about it? That's a lot. That's a you know great opinion, great questions here. Um, I think the, uh, the beginning of the season, the start of the season, what's been going wrong, it's kind of like what I've been talking about earlier in the show. I think it's it's new faces, you know, not having Uribe as well. Not just Otavio Uribe, despite what we say about his quality or consistency, he was always a leader and he was a staple in the midfield and a staple to a team that won a couple of championships. So that's a big loss on leadership and experience. We have Teremi that's not really there. His mind is not there. It's a really bad Teremi. Pep is not on the pitch. Sergi Conceição is not on the touchline. And we have all these new young players that are very, very young uh, that need to mature and, and grow. So this is kind of like a almost a recipe, not to a disaster, but it's just kind of a re- recipe to, I don't know, a struggling start. It makes sense why we are struggling this way. So I'm not too worried about that. And I think eventually we're going to find the right pieces to the puzzle. Um, as for, let's see what other part, I know you have a couple of questions here. As for the Otavio part, you know, uh, I think Pepe is wonderful. I think he's a great player. I think the first three games of the season, he was sensational. Um, I'm including the Super Tasa, not the last two games. I think this past game was probably his worst game of the season, but we'll give a pass on on that for him because I think he's improved a lot from the games that he did really well. And even against Benfica, he was the best player on the field. In, on a team that was really struggling against them. And he was the one that showed the most life. I think he showed the most uh, Otavio characteristics outside of Otavio in that game. Not to say that he's going to bring the, the, the same gara or the same intensity or the same, the same personality. It's not. It's impossible. But I think he has in his tool set and in, in his arsenal to bring some similarities, to bring a different type of play, but similar to Otavio that can press, that can create, that can do a lot of things. So I'm not going to write off on him yet. I think he's going to have a great season ahead of him. And I think if we are going to win this league, I think Pepe is going to have a major role, more than he ever did in the last two seasons at Porto. So let's look out for him this year. He's going to have to play a big, big role this year and he's got a lot of shoes to fill so let's see what happens there um I'm not worried about this season I think I think we're being a little reactionary I think we have to give time if things don't start panning out like they should you know by the middle of probably by the beginning of October middle of October if we're not there then we're going to have some serious problems and then there's going to be more discussions to have so let's wait and see love the question thank you for your question, Fernando, that was awesome. And thank you all 
for tuning in to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. If you like the show, please hit the five stars on iTunes, hit the five stars on Spotify. We really appreciate if you do that. It helps us grow. So please, if you could, take some time out and just hit those five stars. You don't have to leave a review, but the five stars always help us out. And follow us on Twitter at FCPortupodENG. Follow us on Instagram at PortupodENG. On Facebook, the Portu Podcast in English. And we will see you all on the next episode.